0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Pfeiffer, naturopathic doctor. I'm the founder of the Period Passport online program and creator of her time of the month membership. Today you see a new face here. So this is Dallas. Uh, Usually we have Ashley here, but today I have a special guest. Uh, Dallas is a certified holistic nutritionist passionate about all things women's wellness. Her history of chronic digestive issues, binge eating, and anxiety led her on a journey of healing. Healing, where she discovered the importance of digestion and how it impacts the entirety of our health. Dallas's mission is to empower women to be their own health advocates through education, a realistic approach teaching women to listen to their bodies and honor their bio individuality. Hi, Dallas. Hey, Laura. Doctor. I'm so, I'm so no, Laura. Laura, Laura. I I've never called you doctor. No. So Dallas and I know each other outside of this like professional context. Uh, we met on Instagram, which like A lot of people think that's, well, that's the norm now.
1: I feel like that's how I meet all like my friends now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like I have a lot of people who feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, I, I feel like I know you on Instagram. It's like, well, you do. We're friends. So Dallas and I kind of work, work together in a capacity. Um, We're friends outside of that. So I thought this would be a fun episode to really dive into Dallas's specialty and talk about all things digestion. We both focus on women's health. Um, Dallas specifically focuses on women's health and digestion, but I mean, overall holistic care involves everything. So today we are talking specifically about stomach acid because there's so many facets to digestion. But before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, Ashley and I usually kind of recap our week or what's going on with our lives. And I want to talk about a struggle because (laughs) i texted dallas today and i was talking about my acne um you can probably see it in this video my skin is like broken out i'm wearing lots of makeup so it's not as apparent but i am having the worst breakouts and i think i feel like i'm a little bit different than the um the average population in that a lot of people when they have acne it's kind of the first thing they're like i need this fixed immediately But their digestion, like I say to my patients, I joke, but it's true. You could be having diarrhea every single day and not care, but you get a face full of acne and immediately you're like, I need to do something. For sure. Because not everyone knows that you have diarrhea every day. Yeah. But everyone knows when you have acne. For me, I am the exact opposite. Like when my digestion is good, I'm feeling good. Yes, I care about my acne, it's my biggest insecurity. But I guess for me, I don't have that drive to change when like, otherwise my health is doing well, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. For me, like my bowel movements have been great. I have no bloating. I don't ever really have issues. When I have issues, I do something. Um, From a period perspective, my periods are like, I don't even know when they're coming, except I have acne. And that (laughs) is my one symptom. So I am... I feel like I'm the opposite of the general population. If everything else internally is like working good, I'm like, everything's fine. And to me, I really had to admit in this past couple, in this past week, that dairy is a huge trigger for my acne. Like it's a trigger for a lot of people's acne. It's a trigger for mine. And for me, it was, it started with, I had a little bit of a breakout kind of leading up to my period. And then on Friday, I was at the fertility clinic and the doctor there bought us lunch. And I had no idea what lunch was going to be. So I didn't pack lunch, which I usually, usually would pack something good. Right. Um, he got pizza. And I was Yum. like, Yum. <laughs> like, I love pizza. It is my guilty Who pleasure. Doesn't? But yeah. I, I was kind of like, well... I can't not eat it. That's rude. And I didn't pack anything. And I know I'm going to have a huge breakout. So Friday I had pizza. And then this past weekend, it was my mother-in-law's birthday. Well, they got a cheesecake. And I was like, oh.
1: You, and your mother in law's Italian. Yes. Right? Yes. So that food, oh, lots of dairy in there too.
0: Lots of dairy in there too. So I had cheesecake. Now we had like steak and veggies and salad. So that was fine. But I had cheesecake. And then we had leftovers, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have cheese." So that was like three days in a row of intense sugar, dairy, like not good things. And this week, my face has been a disaster.
1: Yep. No, and it always starts out as, and I tell my clients this all the time, it's a little whisper. And then it's like screaming because your body's like, if you're not listening, like I'm going to give you the signs, but if you don't listen to them and acknowledge them, then I'm going to start screaming at you. And like, that's kind of like what was happening. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. right? Like,
0: And not to mention lately, I've been going to, and this is, I find this with a lot of my patients too. I've been going to Tim Hortons and getting a coffee because when I drop Leo off for daycare, I'll stop it. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to buy myself a little treat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I get one milk. That's what I get in my coffee. One milk. Mm. It's still milk, people. It's still milk. Like, people will be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't drink milk. Just a little bit in my coffee. That's but it's what still, I always get. It's
1: yeah. still there. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, I mean, and, like, what we can save this for another podcast topic, but, like, what actually goes into milk and, like, how dairies produce, especially here in Canada. Like, it's not just milk. And I think that that's something that, like, we need to acknowledge and kind of, you know, just, I really... I really, really want like women to just be educated more and like, just be your own health advocate, like understand what's kind of going on in these processes. Like, don't be so
0: naive. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and it is, and I, I tell my patients this all the time and you tell your clients all the time, like, if you are reacting, for me, it is not a lactose intolerance. No. I wholeheartedly believe I have lactase. I have the enzyme, I can break it down because sure. I don't get diarrhea and gas and bloating right. unless I have like a lot, but I never really do that. But, right. I don't like. I am full, fully confident. I have lactase. My problem is I react to the proteins. The proteins cause me inflammation. Right. And so when I'm telling my patients, there's something- and those
1: proteins are casein and whey, which I see so many people using whey protein powder. But if you have digestive issues, that's like a. I don't care if it's New Zealand whey. It's got to be mindful.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and that's something to be mindful of as well. I find from a food sensitivity test standpoint, when I run those tests, I find it very interesting because. I see reactions to now, now just for everyone, we don't actually test lactose or lactase. These are sugars and enzymes. We don't test those. We test proteins and food sensitivity. So they test the alpha whey, the beta whey and the casein. And oftentimes I will actually see, I either say, see it all come up or I only see casein and I don't see whey come up. So in those patients, you could have a whey isolate protein and right. you probably be fine, but There is research to suggest that whey does spike your insulin more than other things. And so if the root cause of your acne is insulin, blood sugar imbalances, which it often is, Mm -hmm. plus inflammation, you're going to be a no-go for dairy altogether. And that's me. And that's what I've learned. And it does take up to 72 hours to have a reaction to a protein, that inflammation that happens. I tell patients if you're, they're like, I can't figure out what food it is. And it's like, well, that's because it can take up to 72 yeah. hours before you even know, before you're like, oh, I have joint pain. I have brain fog. I have acne. Think how long ago I had that dairy. I yeah. haven't had dairy since the weekend. What day is it today? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. And I'm having my full blood. My acne is at its peak today because- interesting, of Interesting, interesting. So that's where yeah. I'm at personally. <laughs> but at least like you have the
1: knowledge and the education and like the self-awareness to kind of like go down that path and navigate. But I think still it's like, you know, it's still frustrating. Like, even though like you're a naturopath, like I'm a nutritionist, like we still deal with these issues. Like we're not immune just because we have the education and knowledge. Like we're still human beings, right? So-
0: Yep. And it's easy to want to grab like a piece of cheese for a snack. And when you're uh, a mom totally and all the things, so yeah, hundred percent, it's about acknowledging it. And sometimes we need a kick in the butt. And honestly, yeah. even though, even when you're a practitioner, practitioners need practitioners. So mm-hmm.
1: that's totally, it. totally. Yeah. I think it's so important to have a support system and like, you know, be able to like, it's nice that we can lean in, lean on each other and ask each other questions and just like, you know, like get support and like a different insight, but if you're not working with somebody, it can be so frustrating and overwhelming when you're just trying to like search all this information on the internet or like listen to influencers or whatever. It can just be so like, you're like, it's coming at you from all different ways. And it's like, who do I believe? But the thing is, we're all so different. So like, let's say like you, I have acne and you have acne. It could be for two totally different reasons. Yeah. So I think that's why it's super important to figure out what's going on with you specifically. Because yeah. it's totally different than what's happening with your friend or your mom or whatever. Right. So
0: Yeah. And like you said, my why is different than someone else's why. And the thing is, is I have the knowledge to be able to kind of sift through all this information. Right. But I can imagine like all my patients I see are completely overwhelmed with the amount of options like, oh, I heard this and I heard that and I tried this yeah. topical product and I did that. And it's like your acne might be purely hormonal. Your right. acne might be a combo of hormonal and stress your acne might be dairy. Yeah, (laughs) totally.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely important to get to like the root cause, which I think is often, you know, neglected by a lot of practitioners. It's just like a quick fix or whatever. It's like, no, we have to actually like dig deeper and like, you know, that's why I refer clients to you for testing and things like that. Cause we have to dig deeper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of root cause gut health is at the core of, I would say every single root cause that exists. Gut health is, the, you could argue that gut health is the root of any digestion issue or, sorry, any health issue that you. Come 90% with. of chronic um,
1: health conditions or issues are linked to digestion. So, yeah. literally, like whatever you're kind of dealing with, it's probably somewhere linked within the gut. So,
0: yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because people don't realize that our gut is where we process everything, where Mm -hmm. we absorb everything. And so I always say when I'm dealing with like, everyone knows I focus on period problems and a patient will approach me and say, I have period problems. I also have digestive issues. Do you treat that? And it's like, yeah, it's all, it's all together because at the end of the day, I can give you a laundry list of supplements that will help your hormones. But if your gut is not right, doesn't matter. For sure. For sure. So today we're talking about stomach acid specifically, because talking about digestion in general, like we could be a million hours. Way too broad. Yeah, (laughs) it's too broad. So we're going to talk about just stomach acid today. We have a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, Let's just start. Tell us about the basics of digestion and why stomach acid is important.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like you said, digestion is a very complex thing and I had no idea. I I didn't even like, before I even started studying, like all I thought was, okay, like food goes in my mouth and then I poop it out and that's what happens, right? Like I didn't know the intricacies and like, all of the factors at play. So essentially digestion, in my opinion, starts before we even smell food. It starts when we actually see food that triggers hormones to be released, that triggers um, enzymes, like starts like to secrete, you know, um, enzymes like within our mouth, like we start to salivate, things like that. And then once we taste the food, the process of digestion actually kind of starts, it makes its way down our esophagus, that opens up, lets, uh, lets the food down into our stomach. And then, you know, then it makes its way through the small intestine, the large intestine, then out through the colon. And that's like a very, very basic description of kind of like the, the pathway of it. But there are so many cofactors, um, and like, it's like peeling an onion back. Like there's just so much to it. So for me, um, when it comes to digestion, one of the very, very common things that I see with a lot of clients is that they're dealing with low stomach acid. And this can be like a root cause, a lot of... Uh, from a lot of their, their gut related issues, but even things like fatigue and mood imbalances, you know, it affects so much. So, um, guess we'll get into like what stomach acid is essentially. Yeah. why Um,
0: Why don't you start by telling us what it is?
1: Yeah. So, um, also known, so it's hydrochloric acid, AKA stomach acid, and it's made up, um, of a few different things. So water is part of it. Um, we need zinc to produce enough stomach acid. Um, so essentially what stomach acid is doing or hydrochloric acid, it's breaking down our food. It's helping us digest that food. And then it's helping us absorb those nutrients that are coming from our food. So those are just kind of like the basis of his jobs, but it's, it's super, super important. And I like to consider it like the body's first line of defense against things like pathogens, toxins, um, harmful bacteria, and like even viruses. So really important to have sufficient levels so that we can keep our good and bad gut bacteria in check we don't just want all good bacteria either. Like we need to have a little, some of the bad guys, right? K- to keep everything in check yeah. there. So it has a lot of jobs and a lot of
0: importance with, within the body. Um, yeah. And you mentioned infections. Like you're right. The stomach acid, stomach acid plays a protective role. If we eat something yeah. and it has a little bit of a bug, we are more likely to get rid of it if we have enough stomach acid, if we don't, this is where the maybe opportunistic stuff starts to come in and starts to make a home. And then now we have a new microbiome because the microbiome is feeding off of each other. It's not Mm -hmm. just one thing. Um, and I always, when I do a GI map test, I'm always like, okay, it's, is it the chicken or the egg? Right? Like what started this? And without that. And so like, without
1: the GI map testing, I even struggle to figure that out just by sim, just by symptomology. Uh, I think it's really helpful, but I do just find, especially with like those deep rooted gut issues that like, it's like, okay, dietary changes, we've done some basic supplementation, you're doing all the lifestyle stuff, but that, that GI map test just, It
0: gives us so much
1: more information if you cannot figure it out.
0: Yeah, because I like even with symptoms, some people I see, and it's like I think for sure I'm like you have low stomach acid without a doubt. I test and it's normal, and I'm like, oh, right,
1: me, (laughs) right, exactly. So I think yeah, so I think that's too when it's like really important to kind of determine um you know what it is like by working with a professional like you know to because then if you think it's one thing and you treat it that way you might be doing more harm than good.
0: Exactly. So let's just talk about, I mean, those are in the people that we have stubborn cases, right? We just can't right. get it. No matter what we do, it's like, we're still not right. There. Then it's like, you, right. know, you might consider testing or like you said, complex cases where we're kind of like, you know what? I don't even know where this begins and where this ends. So right. Testing to further kind of investigate. Right. Now, tell me, uh, let's just talk about like how you would know, just from a symptomatic perspective, yeah. if your stomach is, acid is low or high. And now a lot of my patients will assume that stomach acid, they think acid, they think heartburn, they mm-hmm. think my stomach acid is high, I have heartburn. Right. Let's just let's break that apart for us. Yeah. So
1: That's really, really common. And I remember my mom and like, even like my, my husband, like they would, they used to take like those antacids, tons, stuff like that. Cause like that burning sensation, that reflux is just so uncomfortable and painful, but typically that's usually due to insufficient stomach acid production. And those, um, PPIs, the proton pump inhibitors, those tons, those antacids are reducing stomach acid production, stopping stomach acid production. So you're just making that problem worse um a lot of the time when i'm seeing heartburn or people saying you know like symptoms of like reflux and heartburn a lot of the time they're consuming a lot of foods or they might be on medications that are um so in our esophagus like at the bottom of of, of the esophagus is the les the lower um esophageal sphincter and that opens and closes so a lot of the time when like that function is weakened um or it's not functioning properly a lot of GERD or acid reflux can come up and how it's weakened is due to medications, um, really acidic food, sometimes like coffee, um, really fatty or like fried foods can kind of um, imp- impair that function. So after we eat the food, we want that to stay closed. We don't want it to, to open back up. Right. Um, But when we're consuming, those things or like overeating, even it continues to open. And then while digestion is going on, or if there's not enough stomach acid, that food's being regurgitated and kind of coming back up. And that's where that burning sensation is coming from.
0: Yeah. I, a couple of (laughs) things when I was pregnant, I had, I I don't typically have heartburn. And when I was pregnant, I had the worst heartburn ever. And a lot of that is mechanical, right? Like you think about it, your uterus is growing. It's, yep. I remember- Things waiting. are moving, shifting. Yeah. yeah. And your digestion already isn't great because like, where are your intestines really? When you have a huge- So like, uterus? yeah, like yeah. Anywhere, anywhere. And so yeah. really I say to my patients, especially those who want to get pregnant, your digestion is going to get worse. So you need to make 100%. sure that it is good before you get pregnant. Yeah the progesterone between that flap opening up and just flapping away so that (laughs) the acid comes up i remember distinctly yeah i I was like 25 weeks pregnant and just just like an fyi heartburn can start before your uterus is big because of hormonal changes that flap will open up and so i remember i think i had i had like something not good like i had like a pulled pork sandwich at like pickering rib fest or something and it was good. And I got home, and I was like, "This is fine. Like, it's good." I was pregnant. I yeah, whatever I want. I don't care. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I got home. I went to bed, and I woke up with literal puke in the back of my throat. I was like, "I don't think I've had pulled pork since." I cannot eat yeah. it. It makes me scarred sick. You. <laughs> it just scarred me. But yeah. also, then after that, I was like, "Okay, I'm being very strict with my diet." I ate very well, and I was getting heartburn with like smoothies, right? So- Like it was like anything I, I was like, can't, I mean, when you're pregnant, it's a whole different ball game, but. It was not fun. So I don't know how people uh, deal with this on a day-to-day basis.
1: Well, because they're being told that it's too much and you just need to keep lowering it and keep taking the tums, keep using your PPIs, like all of those things, but that's just making your situation worse. And like healing takes time. You have to be patient with your body. And it doesn't mean like eliminating these foods forever, but like you need to give your, you need to give your system a break and a chance to heal. So like- yeah. Yeah, we all want those quick fixes, but um, <laughs> with digestion? No, I could, just, not if that I could
0: way. just take a magic pill and it could fix all my problems like a bunch of fairy dust. We wouldn't be we wouldn't
1: be in these jobs then. We wouldn't have a job. <laughs> we wouldn't we would not have a job. <laughs> yeah. And our,
0: or our job would be so easy because we would just give magic True. Pills. Yeah. And I think that here's a good kind of point to talk about a couple things are coming into my head. Obviously, there's like a lot of things that we're talking about in so many different angles, but I'm just yes. thinking here a few things. I'm thinking, number one, let's talk about foods that are going to trigger Harper, For like sure. what common foods are. Um, yep. B, after we're done talking about that, let's really talk about proton pump inhibitors themselves. Okay. Coming off of them, mm-hmm. why they may not be a long-term solution. Like, let's, sure. let's dive into that a little bit. So first, yep. tell me about, like, let's talk about foods.
1: Yeah. So I think, so when we're seeing like high levels of stomach, like I'm not finding too many foods are like causing it, but if your stomach acid is, is, is actually high, you might, um, you know, and the thing is stomach acid, like will be high for a period of time before we start like getting real, like big, big issues. Like, stomach ulcers like h pylori and things like that and if you have those things and stomach acid is high it's just going to kind of keep getting worse and like creating like further further damage um but what i find a lot of foods that are like if, if you have this heartburn or like the, the, this uh, the stomach acid um kind of problem in terms of like reflux and stuff like that re- caffeine like coffee is so okay and like actually i'm doing like a coffee free challenge right now yes, yes. um but it is so, so acidic and it, it's just going to like irritate that lining even more, um, so that coffee for sure. Um, two things that are actually kind of, you might not consider them like, and they're not unhealthy, but spearmint and peppermint. Um, so like teas, for example, and I recommend drinking a lot of teas for, for a lot of di- digestive issues. So especially like calming the stomach, like peppermint, I recommend to a few clients, but if you have high stomach acid, that peppermint or spearmint can actually like relax that flap that we were talking about before open it up and then create that kind of like cycle of the, of the, um, of the reflex and like the acid kind of coming back into the esophagus. So those for sure, I would stay away from, um, fatty, greasy foods. Again, that's going to cause irritation, um, even more. So there's, there's not like a massive, massive list, um, but anything that's like really acidic, but a lot of those lifestyle factors too, like alcohol, is going to make this problem much worse. Smoking, I mean, smoking is bad for so many reasons, but specifically, it can relax that that flap too and kind of create, you know, a lot of imbalance there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I find uh, patients are triggered with things like tomatoes, like you said, acidic foods. Acidic foods, yeah. Tomatoes, tomato sauce, that sort yeah. of thing. So even um, though it's healthy. Yeah, chocolate, I find to be a trigger. Could be because of the caffeine, I'm wondering. Um, if it's the actual- <coughs>
1: It, it could, it could be the caffeine. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not super sure about that, but I know I've gotten heartburn from chocolate. Yeah. So, and like, I don't really get it too much, but I think it's too, when I, when my stomach acid is actually low and I'm not like digesting that properly. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, but it's so interesting, but I think it's like important to know, like the, like, cause the signs of low stomach acid, you would think that it's all high, but you know, but there's so much more to it. So, I mean, to one to maybe contemplate if your stomach acid is low if you're experiencing like a lot of gas or bloating um nausea after taking supplements like i see that yeah. quite quite often um things like maybe that you wouldn't relate to digestion like fatigue um things like hair loss right like you're not absorbing nutrients from your food so you're not your body doesn't have what it needs to kind of you know like create energy have healthy skin hair and nails like all of those things so it's really important to determine where you are at.
0: Yeah. And I think on the, on the, the PPI train, the heartburn mm-hmm. medication train. So this is kind of the first line treatment. If you're given a prescription for, for sure, it's probably a PPI. Now yeah. the one thing my patients have trouble with, first of all, they say, can I come off of it? How do I go off of it? That sort of thing. Right. Um,
1: can you speak to that? I, so personally, like I never tell people, like if you're like, you know, like depending on like what what your dosage is, or if like let's say like you're the type of person who's taking like two Tums or restore or whatever after after your meals, I wouldn't say like go cold turkey because this can you know create like more more harm. So usually like if someone's being put on a medication because they're thinking that their stomach acid is high and dec- and then they're decreasing or put on the medication to decrease it. It can kind of like flip-flop and like go opposite. And then like your body starts to overproduce it. And then it's like, Oh my God, I need to go back on that because now I feel worse, but this is like your body trying to balance out. So I would say kind of like wean your way off and start implementing some, um, rather than like going right to like the supplements or whatever, like start implementing some like lifestyle habits and, you know, maybe consuming certain foods that will kind of like help to ease that transition.
0: Yeah. And this is real life here. Dallas has renovations going on at her house. So this is Can what you hear doing. them. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. This is real life, right? This is what happens. This is working from home this is yep. renovation life. So I'm literally have-
1: in the middle of renovating a house right now. Yeah. Sorry. That, that's, why, that's why I put my headphones. On.
0: So it's all good. Just letting people know what it is in the back. Okay. <laughs> um but when it when it comes to ppis yeah so you're right there is like a there is this refractory uh effect when you come off of these proton pump inhibitors and so i tell people the research actually suggests when you come off of proton pump inhibitors 80% 80% of people actually have this rebound heartburn and so you'll come yeah. off and usually I do the whole like you're right weaning down day by day maybe I go depending on what their doses like maybe half right. for a couple days or whatever um we we definitely talk through that before we yeah. do it but I said don't be surprised if you have this rebound heartburn so it's gonna come back up it's 80% of the time yeah just by going off of the medication. So it may not even be that things have worsened, but the fact that you're going off of the medication is actually causing you these symptoms. So we just have to be patient. There are uh, certain supplements and certain things that you can take. Things like DGL is helpful, but we have to really be careful. Um, Now, I don't know if you've heard this term, but in, in the naturopathic world, we call it green allopathy. Now no what what it means is it's basically saying that we're replacing pharmaceuticals and we're just taking supplements that are doing the same thing but being natural and this is not getting to the root cause green allopathy is basically saying come off of your ppis you're going to take a natural dgl and we're going to move on with our day so instead of the symptomatic proton pump inhibitor we're yeah. taking the symptomatic treatment of the DGL. And it's similar when patients say, oh, I want to do something natural for my anxiety. And they start taking St. John's wort or they take lavender or they take glycine. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, We're not getting, we need to still get to the root cause. Yes, there right. are things that have been studied to reduce your anxiety. But totally. let's just be clear that we're not swapping out pill for pill. Right. So there are things you can take to Replace the PPI to support yeah. yourself while you're, while you're getting through the rebound phase. And ease
1: that transition, right? And like, I know. really like, yeah, like I like to use like licorice root or marshmallow root just to like yeah. coat the yep. throat and like things yep. like that because it's painful. Like, I'm not going to disregard people being like, I don't want to live like this. And it's like, okay, well, living like this for maybe like a month or so versus your whole life, yeah. right? So we like, just
0: want to we just want to be clear that anybody listening to this isn't like, Oh, I'll just go off my PPI and get DG. No,
1: no, 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 Problem no.
0: solved. <laughs> no, problem solved. No. And cause. The problem is not solved. Right. We don't want to right. be replacing it just because it's natural. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that's the answer. Right.
1: Totally. Completely so agree.
0: Just um, being clear with that. So yeah. on the, on the idea of supplements, let's mm-hmm. talk about supplements that help with stomach acid. First of all, okay. and second of all, are they a long? Are they something we stay on forever, or like what is the what is the checkpoint?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think again, we need to kind of determine what exactly the the problem is. So if you're, um, I'm getting like distracted from the. I didn't realize you okay. were gonna do all this. Um, okay. So if if truly your stomach acid is low, like if you're not producing it properly, one okay. Well, why aren't we producing it? So root cause is it because of stress is it because of medication is it because you're dehydrated with age it naturally decreases so that's something to consider so again always focusing on why this is happening but in the meantime while you're figuring that out supplementation can absolutely be helpful um so truly if it is low supplementing with hcl can can definitely be helpful with with pepsin so actually like replacing that stomach acid um and if your body isn't capable of producing enough right now or or insufficient amounts um also you know i like to use um di- digestive enzymes and digestive bitters now this isn't necessarily like replacing stomach acid per se um di- digestive like you could have sufficient stomach acid and like still like low digestive enzymes um so these really help to again break down um our food so we can like better absorb the nutrients but there are so many different ones I think it's important to kind of determine which ones are right for you Um, if your gallbladder has been removed obviously we need to then consider supplementing with things like ox bile like you can't digest fat properly like I can't tell you like the, actually family members and friends who've had their gallbladder removed. Doctors do not tell them anything about changing up their diet. I have a, I have a client right now. She was doing nothing and eating lots and lots of takeout. Lots, lots of body fatty- <laughs> Yeah, or go on keto, yeah. But feeling like absolute crap, yeah. really bad gas, stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, you aren't digesting that properly. Like, and you know, it's like, okay, well, I wanna add these healthy fats in, but if you don't have a gallbladder or yeah, or you try to do keto, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. And I was just going to say, so before you were talking about, you know, you, you know that you have the enzyme to break down lactose lactase, mm-hmm. but it just still doesn't work for you. But even though if you are lactose intolerant and you are supplementing with that enzyme, it's obviously something your body can't break down on its own. And I really truly believe like if your body's for sure giving you like these tall signs, like saying, no, taking a digestive enzyme so that you can digest your um, two cups of ice cream, yeah. just so you don't have diarrhea after, Yeah, guys, that's really yeah. it's like, it's a band-aid effect. You are yes. not actually helping yourself. Yes. So I just want to make that clear. Like again, digestive enzyme, yes, they are helpful. I use them with clients, but that's not always like my first go-to. And it's definitely not something I want to put them on long-term because you can become dependent on them. And then your body will stop producing them on its own. So
0: yeah, I mean- I think it's important. I think that point you made is very important to bring up because I think there's three pieces. Well, uh, there's, there's probably more than three, but there's three pieces I'm going to point out right now that are going on. So um, when we're talking about it being a band aid, like the people who buy the digest gluten or the digest dairy to have that meal. And yes, it might be a one, once in a while thing that you're like, I just don't want to feel like crap when I go out Mm -hmm. to eat with my friends or family for dinner. However, the gallbladder situation, like you mentioned ox bile. Now, a lot of people don't know when you get your gallbladder removed, you are probably not going to digest fats very well. You eventually probably will because your liver does compensate a little bit for that. But yes. some people never really compensate. So that might be a situation dependent. If First your number, liver is
1: overburdened and tired, yes. then probably if
0: there's not. If <laughs> going on, you might need yeah. ox bile for a while, if not indefinitely, if other things haven't been looked at. If you've looked at everything else and your liver is being taken care of, it will compensate and you will be okay, you won't need that long term but that is working with a practitioner. Point two is looking at the enzymes, if you do not have sufficient acid you will not activate those enzymes. So if you take enzymes without acid, in a scenario of low stomach acid, you are not going to use those enzymes, so that's first off. Secondly, we're talking about building up. So the ox bile will help our body compensate. And eventually we should be able to compensate on our own. If we're talking about enzymes, replacing these enzymes aren't necessarily going to make you create those enzymes. But what they're going to do is they're going to take the burden off your gut. When you have lots of inflammation going on and lots of other stuff, it's going to help you digest your foods. You can get those nutrients, get that healing, reduce that inflammation. It's about support. So you can make your own enzymes, right? And so the act of taking the enzymes isn't going to make you magically make enzymes, but the whole process is about helping you, helping your gut, taking off the work so we can promote healing, so we can reduce inflammation and so that we can move forward. And that last third piece of the puzzle, I guess, is the actual HCL. And so- taking HCL or you mentioned digestive bitters actually yep. stimulates your body to make its own stomach acid. Mm-hmm. So when we do things like apple cider vinegar to help with the stomach acid, what people will notice is as they take apple cider vinegar, not on salads, not in things, but like as a like shot, taking
1: a shot, Di- but I usually tell people like dilute it in water. Cause that can be quite aggressive. I hate <laughs> it. I,
0: I cannot, do it. <laughs> but it's helpful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you take, when you end up taking apple cider vinegar, a lot of people will end up getting heartburn because their body has made the stomach acid. So they get yeah. to a point where they're like, oh, I actually don't need this anymore. Like I said, you can still have it on salads and things, Yeah. but I'm talking about the therapeutic the shot. Yeah. Thing. And so this is where we have interesting, this is where we shouldn't have it long-term. If you are dependent on digestive enzymes for the rest of your life, we need to talk. Why is your body not able to compensate? Where things. So that's what I want to say with digestive enzymes. And you touched on that. I wanted to just really like wrap. Yeah, no,
1: I, I, I complete, I completely agree. And like, the thing is, so when I, when I work with clients, I'm working with them for a very long time because the lifestyle stuff and the root cause things are what take time to heal and figure out and, you know, and, and work through. But in the meantime, these digestive enzymes are supplementing with HCL using apple cider vinegar can kind of help like, help in the process and just make, again, that transition easier while we're digging to get to like the root cause and the lifestyle stuff is going to take longer to smooth out, but this stuff can help in the meantime. And then, you know, we want to get you to a place where you don't need to rely on it forever.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree. So let's just talk about, um, are there ways we can actually test our stomach acid and what tips would you give to just start improving and, and finding balance?
1: For sure. So, um, in your practice, I'm not sure exactly how, how you test for it, but I, So like there's one way that's like a little bit better and then there's a bit more of an easier way. So and I wrote um, some notes so I don't like say like what the wrong thing is to do. So first off, not like 100 percent accurate, but it's really easy to do. So it's like the baking soda test. Um, So you're mixing like a quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda um, in some water. So you're going to you want to do this like first thing in the morning, empty stomach before you drink anything else. Um, now we want to time how long it takes you to burp. So usually what I say, is set your timer for five minutes. If stomach acid um, secretion is sufficient, you should be burping anywhere between like two and three minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've burped before and are burping like multiple times, it could be an indication that stomach acid's a bit high or you just took it like, if you were chugging that water and like gulping in a lot of air, but if you haven't burped and it's been three minutes, um, or after three minutes, probably an indication that stomach acid is low. If you haven't burped and it's been like, the timer goes off at five minutes, it's, it's low. Like that's definitely something. Um, so again, that's not like the most ideal. Another one that you can do is, um, actually, um, buying some Um, HCL with pepsin, like actually buying, you know, the, the supplement. And when it comes to buying these supplements, quality is so, so, so important. Um, You know, like definitely, like you want to use like practitioner grade Mm -hmm. supplements, um, making sure that there's no extra ingredients or additives Mm -hmm. in there. So usually, so you're going to take the um, HCL supplement, I think like a hundred or sorry, 650 to 700 milligrams per per capsule. And you want to do this at like a high protein meal. So eating around five to six ounces of protein, animal protein. Now you're going to eat half of that protein, take the um, HCL capsule, and then you're going to finish your meal. Now, So if you do have sufficient stomach acid, then you shouldn't kind of like notice anything. um, At first, you can kind of like go on, you know, with, with your day. Um, Now, if, so if stomach acid um, is, sorry, I'm like getting, going through my notes here. So if you start feeling like really, really heavy burning, then this could be a sign, like after you finish your meal, that stomach acid levels are, are too low and like you're producing it. But if everything, you know, if you don't really notice anything, um, then it's really likely that, you know, everything's kind of like, okay. So it just, this, again, this one can be they're, they're both a bit tricky and they're both like not like 100% accurate, yeah. but they can give us a little bit of information. They're kind of like simple ways to, to do it at home. Um, yeah.
0: I usually find uh, when we do the, the HCL capsules, typically yeah. what I do, and this one is a lot more like labor intensive, but what I'll do is they'll take one capsule with the meal. So similar to what you just yeah. described. And then the next day they'll do two capsules and then the next day they'll and then
1: increase it. Capsules.
0: Yeah. And then they can increase it to, usually, it's, I think it's six or seven. I don't know the exact amount, but see, it's either six yeah. or seven. Until they feel that burning until sensation. they feel burning. Yeah. So it's, it's, you go up until you feel burning. So yeah. say I felt burning at three capsules, I would da- dial it back to two. To two, so yeah. If you felt burning at, so, but, but if you don't feel burning up to six capsules, you stop. Like you don't just keep taking 20 Then capsules. that's ex- right. Cause then totally. you could harm yourself. Exactly. So then yeah. what you would do is say I got to six and I didn't have any burning, I would do day after day after day with six capsules with that yeah. one meal until I felt burning the next yeah. day after burning I would go down to five five capsules with each meal until I felt burning next day go down to four and so and on then and continue so to forth. reduce and, yeah. t- and continue to reduce so again like I said if you felt burning with two capsules next day you're going back down to one and then you're doing one until you feel burning with one yeah similar to what Dallas said if you feel burning with one you're good like you're not going to do it anymore yeah you're going to end it there um so exactly that. But I usually say like max out at six. Now, like you said, it's not like they're not a hundred percent. These are just at home things. The yeah. Baking sodas cheap and easy to do at home. You're only doing it for one day. Typically I tell my patients to do it three days and give me an average it, it really one doesn't time matter. doesn't really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's no tried and true rule. It's not like right. super evidence based. So there's not really everybody is their different. So I just say, give me yeah. an average. Um, but really the GI map test tests elastase, which lets us know how our pancreas is functioning from a stomach acid production standpoint. And so if we're measuring elastase in the stool, I'm looking for that to be over 500 for it to be optimal. And I would say that is probably the most accurate, accurate. way to actually test um so that's that's kind of that is there anything you wanted to add about our stomach acid conversation um
1: I mean like I do think you know like it's like a foundation of digestion so mm-hmm. it's if you are having any digestive distress I think it's something that you should kind of look further into um and and try to and try to figure out but um long term if once you get this kind of like like, you know, kind of solved or resolved and continue to work on it. Like so many other aspects of it kind of creates a snowball effect. Yeah, And so many other aspects of your health are going to improve when you can start to address this. So yeah, I mean, like, it's such like a small little thing and like puzzle piece of digestion, but it really plays such a massive role in the entirety of our health.
0: Yeah, It's huge. And so this is why yeah. we decided to focus on it today. Uh, we'll probably do other episodes focused on other topics uh, because there's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to digestion. So yeah. um, to wrap up, uh, Dallas actually has her, her new one-to-one uh, back to basics. It's a one-on-one program uh, that is launching in March. Yeah. So March 20th. yes, yeah, It's the first day of spring. So I was just like, oh, it's like new and yeah. exciting. Yeah. So amazing. So, um, so yeah. Go, go ahead. Tell, me about, no, tell gonna... me about your program. Tell us about it. How.
1: So typically I work like one-on-one with clients and it's like more, more intensive, really, really in depth. Um, but there's some people where that's just like, you know, I just kind of want to just start making some changes, like kind of get back into balance. Like I don't have severe hormonal imbalances or like chronic digestive issues, but I'm just looking to, you know, like improve my health. So I wanted to create something that was like, getting back to the basics, mastering like the foundations of health. And it's all based on like what I consider like the five pillars of wellness. So that's nutrition, that's environment, that's um, mindset, movement and rest. And when I talk about rest, I mean things like sleep. Um, so that's kind of like what I what I created it on. And it's still going to be a way to like work one to one together, but I'm also it's going to be community based too. So um So yeah, so that's, I'm doing like the beta round right now. And then that's going to officially be launching in, in the spring. So, you know, if you can't work with me, like one-on-one, this is going to be a fantastic option to still get a little bit of one-on-one support, but really once you can master like those foundational aspects and it's a lot of education in it too, then really like you can just really build from there and also kind of figure out like what some of your root causes might be, because once you address that foundation stuff, you can learn to listen to your body better and kind of understand, oh, maybe I need to like consider rest more or my nutrition is like off. Like I need to, you know, I thought it was good, but
0: yeah, and I was actually going to say, arguably, you could say everybody would need to do this foundational program before diving deeper, because in order to really get to the root cause, yeah. we need to move the noise and all of the noise are those foundations that are not usually addressed. And so yep. you could argue that the back to basics is for people who have issues that or these chronic go, ones yeah, that they go through first and then they say, OK, now my foundations are mastered. I'm still yeah. having concerns yeah recommend so if you have questions about that please feel free to reach out to Dallas now I'm I'm gonna be embarrassed right now and say I've never said your last name out loud so I was gonna say your Instagram handle and I don't know how to pronounce it so it's at Dallas Scoplyanus Scoplyanus
1: Scoplianus, yeah it's a Greek last name I know it's like it's um yeah I was gonna try but I didn't <laughs> want to butcher it That's I'm
0: okay I am uh I am Pifer. I'm Pipper I'm Pfeiffer so I've I've <laughs> said Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer but yeah <laughs> So I, I feel that you don't have to have a crazy long last name for anyone to pronounce it wrong. No, but I will say that your name, your last name is intimidating. So nobody probably likes to say it. I feel like I've said it in my head so many times, but I I know, I
1: know I should change. I should change my Instagram handle to just like to to my business name. I don't know.
0: So, if you want to reach Dallas, you can go head to her Instagram handle. I'm going to put that in our show notes so that people can find it as well. Awesome. Um, also, you'll find her if you go to my Instagram as well and you search Dallas, you'll find her. Uh, her website is naked nutrition.ca. I'll also put that in the show notes. And looking at her website, you can find all of the program information. Follow her on Instagram because she gives lots of tips all the time. Uh, Lots of valuable information that you can like and share and engage with and follow along with. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Awesome. This has been the Well Woman podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. It helps us out. Thanks so much, guys.